everyone, and welcome to Decolonizing the Blockchain. My name is Sika, and I'm just going to jump in and introduce my co-host, who is... Maoli. Oh, it took you a minute there to answer. You forgot your name? What's going on there? I was just chilling in the, in the hood in Oakland. Okay. The hood got you chilling, huh? Okay. I know. Yeah, it's it's 70, but I'm still wearing a hood. Okay, cool. I hope people don't think we're too nerdy with your little jokes. Anyway, um, in previous episodes, we definitely talked about some of the costs associated with with trading cryptos. And I think specifically we talked about that in the episode that was about the ROI in cryptos versus the stock markets. For So for those of you who are just joining us, uh, please check out um, our previous episode on um, stock markets versus crypto markets. Um, we start to talk about some of these issues and this is just a continuation of that. So let's give a really quick um, recap, Maoli. So we talked about the cost associated with trading crypto, which for Bitcoin is how much? Um, well, no, we, we spoke about the, the cost of uh, trans- sending crypto back and forth. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I stand corrected. So the cost of uh, sending it back and forth, but isn't it also tra- trading? Uh, no. So uh, differentiate it for our listeners, what your understanding of trading versus... Uh, uh, trading usually means the coins are on Coinbase or Binance, and then you... Um, uh, you wait till you think the price is right, then you sell it, and the money is still on Coinbase, and you think the price goes down again, then you buy it again. You wait till it goes up, then you sell it, so you keep making profit. That's the trading. But you're on the platform, so the trading fees are different from the transaction fees. Okay, so thank you for that distinction. I didn't know that, and I, I'm glad you bring the actual, um, you you actually brought the the actual subject up. So, what are the actual costs involved in transacting crypto then? And let's dis- distinguish that from trading. Okay, so uh, for Bitcoin, it's like $5 to $20. Right now, it's for $1. And that's for transacting? Yeah, so it doesn't matter whether you're sending $10, $1 million, or $1 billion. It's still $1. Okay, what are the costs involved with actual trading of crypto? Uh, so, for example, Binance charges uh, 0. Uh, one zero point zero one percent fee for um, every crypto purchase or uh, sale. If you're buying, you pay zero point zero one percent as fee. If you're selling, you pay zero point zero one percent. So every time you move, you know, in and out of crypto trading, you're paying as that uh, that fee. So that's a lot higher than the $1 for transaction. Uh, well, because it's percentage-based, you know, the more you're moving, the more it costs. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's really good to know. So uh, our listeners probably would want to, and I'm sure I'm, I'm definitely interested in knowing this, how do I minimize those costs? So let's talk through the transaction costs and the actual trading costs. So for um, trading, uh, smart contracts on Ethereum cost about uh, around $50 and above to operate. Like uh, you want to deposit your money um, into a, uh, into an application, you know, 
it's like to trade it's like uh, $50 per transaction on Bitcoin um, well that's ethereum so on the Binance smart chain which is a clone of ethereum the fees are more like five cents okay and there's some new blockchains with zero fees but they're not popular like give me an example of one uh, zero fees yes uh, I, I just read about one but I know for example uh, Cardano their fees are so low that it's even one cent can cover like a hundred transactions nice and i love cardano i'm i'm definitely more of a cardano evangelist than a um than a bitcoin because i think what they're doing is amazing but yeah, we're not going to nerd out on that let's put it in the bank of controversial topics and move on okay <laughs> all right so with that said um let's focus on um talking a little bit about some of the fees that are actually um, associated with um, blockchain mining. Blockchain mining. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what do you, um, I don't understand what you in, you're communicating with by that. Or so, I see different meanings. Yeah. So there are fees when it comes to blockchain, right? We've talked in the past about um, or crypto mining, excuse me. So with crypto mining, there are fees that are attached to, um, you know, the actual miners who are the keepers of the actual network. Oh, I see. I see. So that's actually what we or the transaction fee, because when you do a transaction, like I send you uh, $10 in Bitcoin before it can get confirmed, a miner has to confirm it and they get the fees. Right. So the transaction fees is the same as the minor fees. Okay, great. So um, I think I wasn't clear on that, and I'm glad that you kind of um, actually demystify that for me. So in terms of re minimizing fees, we've talked in the past about the Lightning Network when it comes to Bitcoin. Um, but let's talk through, let's, review that for the listeners that didn't hear that episode and then also talk about feedbacks. So Lightning Network first. All right. Um, the Lightning Network makes it possible to transact uh, tiny amounts of Bitcoin for negligible fees. Uh, for example, I can send, literally send you one cent and pay, you know, like uh, one hundredth of a cent, one, you know, one percent of a cent, way less than that. Whereas on the main big Bitcoin blockchain, if I send you $1, I still have to pay, you know, the $10, $20 fee, whatever it is at that time. But on the Lightning Network, it's way lower. Uh, it's negligible. So you can, uh, the people of El Salvador who have Bitcoin now as an official currency, uh, their, their economy is really small. So basically, uh, um, $1 in their currency means a lot. So to transact in Bitcoin, they can use Satoshis where $1 is like 100 Satoshis or 2,000 Satoshis. And uh, the fees are negligible. So for them, it's way better than a bank. You can send money back and forth as many times as you want and you don't see any fees or any pain. Nice. And I know that people also use feedbots as a strategy for actually reducing costs. Can you talk through that a little too? Uh, feedback 
Interesting. This is the first time I'm hearing that term. Uh, so you've never heard that before? Uh, no, maybe it's referring to something I know uh, under a different term. Okay. So talk about the bots that actually give you information uh, um, that, that you can use to actually determine um, like when to actually go and transact. So aren't there bots that actually do that? So bots are just basically AI that um, well, provide uh, information. Uh, what I see is uh, people are bringing over a lot of uh, professional approaches from their stock market. Okay. Um, so like the stock market, they have bots that do trading and all of that. Um, bots that give you information, like they'll tell you, oh, somebody just deposited a billion dollars uh, into Binance. So it means they're about to buy something, you know, so price or something is about to go up. Or somebody just deposited a billion dollars in Bitcoin. It means price is about to go down because they're about to sell it. Right. Uh, so people uh, listen to bots like that. I've also seen a trading bot offered by an exchange called KuCoin. And uh, it's a, a bot that will analyze the market and decide when to sell, when to buy. And you just let it do its thing and you come back the next day and it has double the money you give it. Yeah, so I I think for me, I was thinking about those type of bots and just the different strategies out there that people use, especially when they're using large, they're moving large amounts of crypto. Um, we, you know, some of the smaller retail investors can kind of tag onto that when it comes to crypto and use that to basically reduce their transaction oh. cost. Yeah, so the thing is, um, as a retail investor, my experience has been that you're competing against professionals from the stock market. They know how to read the charts, interpret the directions, the data, everything. And uh, they know how to protect their money. Like, for example, if you put a bid on a on a coin, and when it's in there, you need to put in a loss, a stop loss, so it doesn't go below a certain price. And as a retail investor, you don't know about that. So you go put in $1,000, you sleep, you wake up, and the money is down to $100 because you didn't know there was such a thing as a stop loss. Right. So you're, you're competing against professionals. Uh, so as a retail investor, you pretty much are almost always losing because they are ahead of you like by like miles. They've got more money. They've got the bots. Like You just can't compete. So for a retail investor, the common sense thing to do is to just buy it, take it off the exchange, and forget about it for a year. <laughs> that's your that's your advice to our listeners. Otherwise, otherwise you'll go in with a thousand dollars retail investor, and before the next day, in twenty four hours, you will end up with a hundred dollars. Okay. Crypto is like super volatile in the short term, and the thing is, in the short term, when you wake up, you see your thing has dropped ninety percent. You're gonna sell it, which means you will never recover. But if you forget about it for one year, even if it drops ninety percent, it will recover before you even see it. Okay. All right, guys, you've heard it from the mouth of our resident Bitcoin evangelist. Thank you for spending these last 10 minutes with us. We hope it has been time well spent. And please join us for another episode of Decolonizing the Blockchain. One last thing. Oh, boy. Here he goes. <laughs> so there is uh, these uh, funny screenshots that go around of tweets that people made like 10 years ago, like, oh, Bitcoin is $1 now. I'm so happy I sold, you know, and I made 10x profit because, woof, 
Now it's, it's, uh, it was at uh, $3 and I was dying. Like, whatever, I made money, basically. I bought at $0.10, cents, I sold at $1. I'm a genius. But now you look at it, the thing is at 30000 and you sold at a dollar. Who's the fool now? That's what happens to traders. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. All right. <laughs> We're going to end it there, folks. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode and for listening to that rant. And we hope to see you on the next one. Take care now. Mm-hmm.